0: We oh, are live. <laughs> it is ten thirty AM under the new non daylight oh, yeah. saving regime in California. So we're actually Puerto Rico is now
1: an hour forward from the East Coast. Arizona is now what? Arizona is what an hour? I no don't one know.
0: Knows. It's too complicated. It's, it's, it's now four thirty Australian Eastern Standard Time. I think it's six thirty UTC what's you guys take on all this do you like this or should we get I, rid of all this we should get rid of it all just uh, have one, one time a, yeah time as a flat circle
2: mm. it shouldn't That's matter eight. right? because
0: everybody's everybody's operating across different time zones and everybody's got these Google-based clocks everybody's connected on the same clock so it should just be uh local time
1: like I want to go back to normal time I hate daylight saving yeah I yeah I think I agree I don't know. It's kind of nice to open or like to wake up and have the sun come up pretty quickly. But I don't know. I like sun late too. You can't have it both ways. Let me give some shout outs to Portugal. Two from Portugal. I identify as a springtime person, I think. Townsville. (laughs) Awesome (laughs) to see Townsville. What time is it in Townsville? Is it four thirty?
0: Brandon, Mississippi. Tesla Downville. Yeah, a little bit sanford <laughs> florida chapel hill what's central fellas? florida Where in uh, central florida brisneyland i'll be back in brisneyland
3: you guys are just making things up brisbane. now these aren't real places that's brisbane a place
1: <laughs> brisbane a place <laughs> atlanta all right uh, well, apologies for the late of arrival i was voting doing my civic duty oh you, you, vote, in- you vote in person they should just have a there should
0: be a shoot when you push a button it just takes you down into a you're just stuck on a ship somewhere in the middle of the harbor
1: dude i'm so old i go into the bank branch oh yeah you can can vote by by mail just get it all out of the way i'll tell you what i didn't think it would take a long time then uh like the way it's all these old
0: people in
3: front no
1: no 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 (laughs) it's not that it's the way the ballot's written some of the amendments i'm like what in the world are you even asking me it took a fair amount of brain power. I was tired walking in there.
0: So, so before we before we kick anything everything off today, do you guys know
1: so this FTX uh SBF Alameda, do you guys know anything about that at all? I know that I have avoided everything NFT and crypto related, and therefore I don't have to pay any attention to this. Because my impression was Sam
0: Bankman Fried fried I don't know how you say it. Next buffet, right? Next yep. Buffett yeah. The
1: kiss of death. The kiss of mm. death from the from the fortune magazine title writers. But thankfully I don't have to worry about that. They've never profiled me as that. They were bailing everybody out. And now they're getting their own bailout. So I don't know. Anyway, oh, that's the full of what
0: I know. It's it's
3: bailout turtles all the way down. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there we go.
3: I do want to say thank you to the uh the Seawolf guys for filling in for Bill and I that allowed us to go have some fun together in St. Louis that's right
1: hanging yeah, out with homie bloomy and his boys yeah. some really sharp good fellows
3: there some some good analysis I learned a lot It's uh it's a worthwhile trip
0: is yeah. it all uh you're not allowed to say what you see or is it um
1: I think we could see I I generally some of it yeah yeah, yeah. um you what's know this, I, w- I would the say tone? That, what's the what's how does everybody feel well I wouldn't say that everybody's bowled up. Um, I, th- I think that the investors, so here's something that surprised me. Mm. Uh, and, and I think, uh, I'm gonna, in, I'm gonna interview him soon and I'll ask him to follow up. So go on the record as, as uh, this Bobberbody body referred to himself as a growth investor. Right. And I think that traditionally, when I've thought about his portfolio, it's more value-based But his argument would be um, maybe trafficking in value industries, but they're industries that I see consolidation in and on the back end, there's going to be earnings growth. And I thought that was kind of an interesting way to categorize it. Maybe uh, I miscategorized him in my mind. And then uh, there was another investor there that um, like really only focuses on monopolies and oligopolies. He's gone to that group. He's never pitched something under a 20 PE. His results are incredible um but you know you ask him how long have you owned this how long have you owned that he's owned stuff 24 years so it's one of those things that like you know if you play that game you really got to be willing to own that stuff and and i think that owning something for 20 years is a whole lot easier said than done Uh, sometimes i have a problem owning something for five minutes i'll buy it and be like oh shit, what'd i do (laughs) help (laughs) so so i think it's changed a
0: little bit then because i've got some old columbia you know that Columbia Business School uh value letter that does the rounds it's got some of his strategies in there Graham I posted it on Graham and Osville thank you yeah I posted some of that on acquirers multiple and he was definitely a low price to book guy at one point
2: well, well so I think what, he might think,
3: argue he's a combo <clears throat> well I think what I mean he he kind of said this like he's he actually is looking for companies that are losing money because it's probably going and and a consolidating industry Because it's going to lead to them making money eventually, and so
0: capital returns theory—it's
3: capital returns if you, yeah, if you kind of dig deep enough in there, I think that's true.
1: The only thing about that sometimes that uh, you know people say the those marathon guys, in order to make money playing that game, you've got to be more right than the market, right? The market anticipates the same, so you've got to be more right, and that's something that sometimes I have lost. Buggy whip all the
3: way down to a zero.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. but if you get anyway, something like that's that. going to mean revert
0: if you get something that mean reverts i think that it, you're actually just getting what you're paying low multiples for things low price to book with money losers it's, i think that's almost the the best game to play but i mean energy
3: a energy a couple energy. Of years ago was yep. definitely fell into that bucket you had long periods of losing money for a lot of companies uh val, you know book values shrinking so you kind of you know you it was could be a little difficult to try to figure out where book value was going
0: um in a
1: price yeah. to
3: book
0: kind of way
1: you Just had gotta two, figure out if you want to stay on the train you had
0: two signals there right you had negative oil and you had exxon getting pulled out of the index and being replaced with salesforce could have it's taken either of those pretty
3: good pretty good idea that uh sentiment has shifted in a way that might have created an opportunity
0: indeed hey. what, what do you got on deck jt
3: Uh, I have a little piece that, uh, you know, I try not to just do book reports on the show. Uh, this is, uh, from a book called, called risk from, uh, general Stanley McChristie McChrystal. So I don't know if you guys have read any of his stuff before, but I haven't, uh, but I like the name. (laughs) Yeah. He's a, you know, us, uh, special, he, he commanded the special forces, uh, like group in, in Iraq, uh, that was pretty successful in. I'm gonna buy you it know, right now. In battling, um, I, I would get his other book, like Team of Teams. So that one was, I thought, a little better than this one. But okay, uh, but if you're if you're actually actively purchasing, so yeah, Risk: A User's Guide. So we'll dig into some of the stuff here, but it it might be a little bit boring, like a book report. But we'll see if we can torture it into some more fun places. What you got, BC BB? I
1: don't know. I'm looking at Exxon. I still don't understand how it was cheap. Anyway um what do you mean, I, dude it was
3: like 0. 0.6 price to book
1: dude you're talking point? about you're talking about a company that doesn't generate more than 15 billion of cash flow on a normalized basis never got below 350 billion of enterprise value like i don't know i like cash flow it was 40 uh,
0: percent of the index at one point and then much much smaller
2: yeah well so but
1: they've it was, got uh, the high so is high growth ca- SaaS.
0: they got that windfall profit stacks coming too so. yeah well <laughs> good luck in it, that stuff
1: i don't know i can go anywhere i said earlier uh that i was excited about looking at advertising revenue i looked i don't like what i see uh can uh talk about um some cable if you want i can talk about the week that we just did so you you pick it
0: yeah those are good subjects what um, you got, TC? i got two i think one was one is a gift from jt the Buffett indicator that there's now some academic research on the Buffett indicator which is kind of fun um so I'll talk about that and also GMO's got uh a little paper on on small quality smalls they think smalls are undervalued and they think if you're going to play that game you need to be in the quality smalls because there's a lot of money losers in there they don't they don't do as well so I can go GMO through and I, I might agree yeah mm. It's not a it's not they're not going to been out, a while. In there. Yeah, this is definitely a GMO type market. This is a world <laughs> returning to normal. This is a GMO. Reverse, GMO's time to shine. Main. Yeah, a little bit of mean reversion going on. Yeah.
3: What's uh, uh Billy, be... I want to hear more of your of the St. Louis trip.
1: Let's do St. Louis.
3: Yeah, that's gonna be the most fun. Let's let's have fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, i, I just think uh look, I just think uh it's a group. I, I think that last year Chris wrote a thread about Tesla and people laughed at Tesla and uh it laughed you know at him or laughed well well he he described uh, the room and that people laughed about Tesla. Yeah. And I think that the way he wrote the thread did not necessarily capture reality and I think that where uh you know he posted on Twitter and I think where Twitter went with it was um you know, not uh, particularly kind to him, and I can understand why. Unexpected uh, from
2: Twitter, yeah.
1: but 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 boy, you you fast forward a year, and it's kind of interesting to uh you know Tesla is still not cracked, but it's uh, down fifty percent from a year ago though, so that's a you but he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think a lot of the stuff that uh, that 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 room talks about in general uh, is, is the kind of things that I think are really interesting, you know? And, um, there it's not, uh, I've, I found it to be a pretty diverse group. Uh, you know, you get deep value pitches. Um, what's it, what's the car company you love? Stellantis, right? Stellantis was pitched. Then I'm you get stuff I love like, it, but yeah, it is. Cheap. Then, then you got GuideWire. uh, you know, you've got, um, Alcon was the, it was an idea um it's it's like it's all over the place and I just what's think the Stellantis
0: pitch because I, I, it's in there like I can see it sitting there I can see it's two times
3: cheap.
1: earnings yeah, <laughs> yeah well that's that's I mean, that's a good pitch that's it that's <coughs> basically
3: that's it for. that's it yeah every time but it gets
1: the name does
3: and
0: when it's the cheapest thing in my screen I buy leaps on it that's that's been that's been mm. my strategy and I've done that a few times and all I like out, I like so.
1: what the seawolfs guys said about options. I tend to agree. Yeah, that, that's uh, I always feel like someone's trying to rob me. so voluntarily ball, don't buy vol. but uh, every uh, now and again. You <laughs> yeah, uh, I think you know. I mean, look, it's uh, I I think it's just like what what's the market cap or enterprise value like twenty billion? Stolantis, foreign something. listed, weird weird yeah. company. John Elkin is the chairman. Uh, you know now.
2: Here's hey, look, the at, issue those, with look at
1: that earnings growth though, over the last five years has been bananas well see I don't know what's real and what's not because you've, you, you've got a merger right so I don't know I I don't have the pro forma backwards looking stuff but other side of it is how many people are buying cars if rates are at seven
2: yeah and a what do
1: those automakers time. look like when operating leverage goes the other way and if we start to get into some sort of like true bust I don't know you want to own an automaker to be fair though like that's why i think it's cheap i felt that exact same way in probably
3: 2011 let's say for fiat when it was and it had ferrari in it still and i thought god this is cheap but we've got to be on the you know right before some kind of macro thing like there's no way you can be holding a metal bender into a, a macro europe's melting down right like that was that was what everyone thought at that time and I probably would have had a lot more money had I just bought that and held it for the last decade uh so I don't know it's I think it's really hard to to layer in the macro even though it's going to be hugely important for a company like that right
1: yeah yeah I think so I I don't know uh i got get a
0: few interesting macros. scary out.
1: one of the things that the boys mentioned last week was rig
0: translation translation's got a ho- uh, and an absolutely like it's not I don't think it's it's got so much debt that it's a speculation so let me just say that up the front but it is sort of in a market where it looks like we're inflecting the other way it's probably something that works but the downside keeps me out of it but what do you guys
2: think
3: I mean Nobody if you want to
2: <laughs>
3: if you want to be levered to oil oil there's probably that's probably a pretty, pretty uh, co- high convexity way to do it, yeah. but but high convexity also goes the other way too, right? So, like you said, zero is definitely within the cards of some of these companies.
1: So, yeah, I I think uh, there's some sharp either. people have talked talked talk about that. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'd say, what does the rest of your portfolio look like, and how are you sizing it?
0: Uh, how
3: about would you, would you agree, Bill, that this like I felt like last year the general sentiment of that room was uh incredulity like this is like crazy things are happening in markets and you know a lot of these guys have 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 been in the game for 30 plus years and have seen a lot of cycles and so they not i think they recognized in real time how kind of crazy some of the stuff was um but i didn't i what's funny to me is that i didn't get the sense that that a lot of them were that protected by it. Like, I feel like, you know, it was a fair amount of like damage still taken in this year. Um, and so it's like, shit, everybody kind of saw this coming and yet
1: wasn't able to sidestep it necessarily. What do you do? I mean, I you know, Howard know. Marks, I mean, Howard Marks, same thing, right? Howard Marks writes a maybe never sell makes sense pretty much at the top. Yeah. And and then also says, on the other hand, you got, you know, valuation matters. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I I don't know I don't know what you do in those environments I, I don't know you do
3: think I just find it funny to see it in in like the human psychology of it you know and it's even if you know something's coming doesn't mean necessarily that you can do much about it
1: well I it's mean even dude,
0: psychology though it's just like as a practical matter do you want to be whipping your portfolio around guessing what the macro guessing what the market's gonna do like I think that. okay if, well here's
1: the question if you've Toby, done it for long think, enough that doesn't work right do you think a flush is coming yeah I do Jake do you think a flush is coming I think it's probably
3: more than 50 percent chance yes I agree are any There's of us selling are no. any
1: of us selling equities to protect no, ourselves absolutely not because the Ford returns are good from here. the Ford returns are good like
0: I you can't you, you're either you're either a trader Maybe. or an investor and I can't I can't <laughs> I can't well they're better than they were let's let no we can all agree on that but yeah, they, yeah, they
1: could go. have been pretty shitty
0: but the 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 you just can't trade every twist and turn of the market. If you, there, you know there are traders out there. Good luck to those guys. I can't trade every twist and turn. I know that there's Michael guyard is out there yeah. calling for a melt up, but I think that if you look at what Michael's saying, he's saying like melt up through to the end of the year, we're still in a bear market thereafter. Then everything falls apart. I don't know. I don't know like, man, Twitter is
3: full of dudes who can't every turn.
0: So that's right. true. That is true. Right. But he's he's to be fair, like he's quite he's quite vocal and he's. That's a, that is a non, uh, non-mainstream view that we're going to have a melt up here. So I, like, it could be entirely right, but I don't think that that, because I don't know what happens to the market in the short term, I just think that we're very, very close to being down so much that we're getting to that point where sometimes you get those little cascades of selling where people get, you know, so FTX, I know that's got nothing to do with anything else that's going on, but it is one of those things that the bodies just float up in markets like this and there, there's all of the cross contagion and i think that that's
1: how Here you, you go. get these big flushes but rivian still got a 39 billion dollar test uh valuation <laughs> tesla still trades where it trades you know i mean as yeah. much as i have liked big tech over the years uh i mean one of the things that they have done over these past years is take a lot of the fixed cost from companies and turned it into companies variable cost and they've Brought the fixed cost onto their their, I guess, balance sheet, right? Uh, it, it, via the cloud. I mean, I, I don't know what, it, you know. I I was team margins can go up for a while. I mean, and I I still kind of think if the Fed didn't try to stop the entire economy, uh, <laughs> that that was a plausible outcome. I, well, I don't hold know on a second. what We're we gonna, what, what we flush to. And stop and I don't know economy. where these things. Well dude, I mean, look, the housing cycle is the business cycle. Read the paper, I think it's mostly true. You get 8% housing rates and I mean, housing stops. Okay, cool. Uh you know, for mortgages, you get 7% car loans after everybody's got new cars. What happens to car sales? Uh the layoffs are starting now in tech. Now, you know, if I listen to myself as a contrarian, I'd say this fucking idiot didn't get any of this right before. Why is he right now? And it's all priced in. OK, I mean, maybe I, I mean, I on think the other is, hand, like this is cheap rates bashing into the shore
3: of reality. Finally, I mean, yeah, maybe I don't know what's I think a, like what's a long term, longer term than the last 20, 30 years, 40 years what's like what's sort of been a more natural rate like we're much closer now to a natural rate of interest of
0: history than
3: like yeah. the anomaly was the we last may even be what, 20 of, years
0: we may even be North because I think the long-run rate is about six percent right and so we're at like I mean on, on housing it's like 7.3 last time I had a look
1: yeah I don't know we'll see but they do have to
0: keep on pinning those rates up until until inflation gets below
1: those rates right otherwise well, we're or employment cracks right I mean it is a dual mandate and employment hasn't cracked yet so when employment cracks that'll be the that's
0: the starting signal for equity to start running like that's well, it's historically, cracking. it's a, a, it's not a, it's not sick it it, it sounds sick because it's like equity celebrates as, as soon as employment starts getting busted but it's really a timing issue that equity is very forward-looking and employment is tends to be not that it's backward looking it's coincident I get, I guess. is that
3: true because i mean you let's uh let's just think for a second about in general well maybe here's let me ask a thought experiment do you think that the average s p 500 business has more or less operating leverage in it than 20 years ago so every incremental dollar of revenue that's added to that business is it more profitable or less profitable than its cohort from 20 years ago or 30?
1: I think years if you ago? look at margins, you have to say it's got more operating leverage in it.
3: I think so too. So let's theoretically remove some revenue from each of these businesses uh, overall, with mm-hmm. a, you know a slowdown, and now like profits are going to be even bigger hit to them than you would have maybe historically thought based on just higher operating leverages. So I don't know. I mean. And if this that's true, the then it's a very, very expensive market for a shrinking E. Yep.
1: Yeah. That's exactly right. Just, so just why, why, the why would you is, that's, why would that's you, that's why you why would short Paramount and Warner Brothers till the cows come home? Because good luck finding linear revenues when you're trying to make your value proposition worse in a time when consumers are getting walloped everywhere
0: how does something like Kavana hold up in a in a market like that like they've well, it's almost to
2: have, a zero so yeah, that's it's almost <laughs> not well now.
0: it's like down to a billion dollars in market not cap. great Bob it's got at least I don't know how much debt is in there but it's got a 300 million dollar payment I think they've got something coming up so they've got some event
1: yeah is I mean it's down 97 percent. Right I think that story is written but I I mean how does something like builders first source hold up how does something like James Hardy's hold up how does something like uh Camping World hold up how does something like uh I don't know how, do, how does Warner Brothers hold up how does Paramount hold up how does uh I know yeah, how to be a lot of uh, lot of squashing coming through here how does AT&T hold up a lot of debt how about atus atus no they don't I mean
3: hate us because they ate us
1: yeah yeah Yeah. well they uh they got their own problems we'll see if they don't take people under then the stock will work but if they take you under you're screwed I think you probably you probably win right if they take you under but
0: like I don't know I've been taken under a few times in this cycle I don't like it
1: I haven't won on any of them well how does energy hold up how do you have a recession and have oil go up well I think that's what that's That's what happens right that's how energy goes back it gets it gets
0: the cold spoon through here somewhere from the
1: just from the economy. Tesla Could bulls be. might say Tesla is going to hold up because it gained share. Okay, I'm going to argue a lot of Tesla buying is wealth effect from tech. Did you
3: yeah. did you guys read a uh, Elliot letter yet? Yeah, the
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was not uplifting.
3: No, that's a little on the bearish side of things, but my he God. has
1: been for a while. That's true but just like what was it you wrong. said like
3: more than yeah, 40 percent right. of options trading are like 24 hours or less yeah in, in expiration
2: yeah that's God nuts. what
3: are what have we done to this because uh, you get it
0: but, but but maybe the explanation is that you get them for like a cent and there's a lot of um somebody's figured out that there's a lot of move in them
2: yeah
3: yeah but you can't call that like uh I mean this is like Keynes's thing of like when you're directing of capital by markets turns into a casino the job's not likely to be very well done I mean this is clearly the argument
0: could be the argument could be something like you know rent has figured out that the moves on options on the last day justify buying a basket of them and so they're in there buying like every single option at one cent knowing that most of them are going to expire worthless but there's a right tail and it works out on average could be i don't know i'm just like speculating there it could just be a whole lot of uh gamblers buying them hoping to get paid off and they don't pay off i don't know it's
1: probably a lot of computers trading it too i mean i don't know i don't know what makes up the majority of the volume but yeah i don't know treasury ladders make sense yeah buffett's wrong on paramount (laughs) i mean he is do we think that was buffett probably not but I I mean I I don't know I think if you're going to be long Paramount because Berkshire is long Paramount when you lose money
2: don't blame them yeah speaking of Buffett let me do the indicator there's not there's really not much to this it's just
0: the Buffett indicator which which I understood it to be total market cap to gross national product which is all of the um the goods and services traded uh by companies that are domiciled in the US, including its national stuff. And GDP is all of the trading that goes on inside the borders of the US, whether it's owned by domestic corporations or external ones. As it happens, the distinction is almost irrelevant because the two lines are virtually identical and have been for, for forever, but it doesn't matter. But this particular article or this paper, I don't know whether it's I don't know whether it's like master's level or PhD. I don't know what level the paper is, but they have said that gross domestic product rather than GNP, which is what I understood Buffett to be, but doesn't matter. GDP versus market value of equity, MVE, is quite predictive over 10 years. They get a very high R squared. The way that they do it is not cross sectionally. So you can't compare one country to another country. So you can't say America's at 158% market cap to GDP. And Germany's at 55 percent market cap to GDP therefore Germany's cheap and America's expensive that doesn't work the way that they use it is they look at it relative to its own history so wherever your average is going back through the data that's that's your average when it's expensive relative to that average that's expensive when it's cheap relative to that average that's cheap
2: mm.
0: and so they find um it performs it's more predictive than cape. They said they couldn't find any statistically significant support for cape which i thought was pretty interesting well, um
3: we got a flag MEB on this one see what I've <laughs> seen,
0: i mean i've seen other papers that say that cape cape works fine so husband has a husband in the in the tweet that i saw there's a, an attachment to a husband uh chart at the bottom where he shows the predictability of all of these different ratios and the one that he finds best is non-financial market capitalization versus um, gross profit or oh, sorry
1: okay so back out the banks and stuff yeah okay
0: and then he's looking at profitability so he says that's the most predictive. at like 90 it's got a 0.91 r squared over a decade 0.93 over 12 years to the so he uses a 12-year period don't really understand why 12 is better than 10 but the longer periods I have seen in all the research that I have seen the longer you go out using cape the more predictive it becomes so that's that's probably the reason why Um, the most interesting thing out of it though i thought was that um there are certain countries where it's not very predictive and they find that they're mostly bank financed so i guess people take loans to start businesses instead of trying to raise money through equity yeah bank finance nations haven't traditionally had a very good fit for mve to gnp whereas countries like the States Canada Australia England there's a lot of there's about 15 countries that have all got these very high R squared for those things so I just thought it was interesting Buffett's intuition on that was right um and it's probably a reasonably good metric just to bear in the back of your mind when we're very very expensive relative to our own long-run average you might want to be just mindful about what you're sticking your shekels into
3: or at least temporary return expectations for the next period of time
1: yeah i think that's fair it's just so hard because things have sold off so much that it's like well you know is it priced in is it not you know this company i follow oec right i mean read their investor day read their current earnings call if the world doesn't fall apart it's probably cheap if the world falls apart nothing's cheap Hmm. let's
3: very yoga bear
1: yogi bear <laughs> yeah I mean I I I think uh I'd have enough liquidity to get through a couple of years here I, w- I wouldn't want to be a forced seller over the next three years I mean That's you never right. want to be but you could get That's really right. fucked. you want to be getting longer here I don't think you can be pulling
0: your shekels out of the fire anticipating the flush even though I do think it's going to happen I'm just trying to mentally prepare for it so i don't panic when it happens not that i can really do much damage panicking anyway but just just for my own mental tranquility and peace
1: i don't know what happens on the back end of all this because one of the things that i said a lot is like yeah well i don't know what happens to housing right (laughs) because look i guess there's there's some version of the world where all the airbnb investment was malinvestment and it's all this phantom inventory that comes on the market i don't actually think that's true I actually think that uh, Airbnb is a very legitimate product and has given people a very legit income source. How those people are financed, whether or not they flip, whether or not they can get through a downturn, like all that—I don't know. But uh,
3: I think it's sponsored by all the maids out there because that those cleaning fees are off the yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, they are. Uh, I mean, look,
3: financed by by big cleaning fee.
1: (laughs) yeah well it's it is unfortunate that we all can't be uh subsidized by venture capital anymore that was a nice time yeah that was Um, fun uber rides for free it was yeah that was great a shout out to the vcs they all got rich (laughs) off it and gave the uh left the public holding the bag teaches pensions once again
3: yeah loaded total bullshit
1: like robin hood
0: uh the the only other bit of research I've got just so I can get this one out there it's not it's nothing that nobody would expect I wouldn't think but smalls um smalls are now relatively cheap I think they have been for a little while
1: but they're and
3: getting smaller and getting smaller
1: <laughs> smalls are getting smaller and cheaper uh um, I don't know haven't they been they've been trading kind of strong lately haven't they I was and industrials I guess maybe. we're
0: talking it's the time periods that we're talking about like over yeah. the last I think they started the decade expensive and they've come back a lot and maybe they've been strongish since October or for 6 months of this year or something like that I'm not sure. Okay. I, I don't know. Um but they the 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 conclusions are very simple basically in small you want to be in the better quality smalls probably everybody already knows this but you want to be in the money making smalls not the money losing smalls money making smalls have outperformed smalls by 1.8 percent a year going back to about 73 and small quality versus everything else is outperformed by 2.8 percent a year hmm. that's a big
1: margin i was surprised to see that one but certainly Ian doesn't castle like celebrate shout out to you ian <laughs> small and quality he's always he's always said like if you're getting into small kick out all the money losing ones and then start start there which I think makes sense
0: yeah the strategy that I've heard that I like is um you find the ones that are a quarter away from going profitable on a trend on a trend line and you buy them where they they have a queue where they lose money then they have a queue where they make money and you make a lot of money when they make money when they first go positive you have to know them reasonably well there to figure that out I guess that sounds like a yeah
3: lot of work. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>
0: <it makes> <laughs> uh JT do you want to hit us with some Stanley McChrystal
3: yes I will so
2: uh
3: <clears throat> what I actually really liked about the book so this is risk a user's guide and um what I really liked about it is the uh he has this idea of like the risk immune system and so like trying to use a biological analog uh for you to think through like your own like how would the body respond, and then you know how would an organization respond? And thinking about an organization as a as a complex adaptive system, which you know, as you know, I'm I'm horribly biased into uh, believing that worldview. So that that, that I thought was uh, one of the best parts about the book. Um, and so, like using the analog of your immune system, like how does your immune system work? It, it there's like four stages or four processes that happen. And so, first one is detect, and then assess respond and then learn and so uh you know the readiness of the body and i think tc you'll you kind of appreciate this from a from a tao taoist kind of standpoint or or a sun tzu but readiness is less about accurately predicting specific threats and more about building resiliency for any threat um i don't know what's the lay us lay some ancient knowledge on us around yeah that.
0: that's that's readiness that's exactly right but both you want to be alert to the risk but also yeah resilience over trying to pick it but that's that's almost that's uh that's also um Taleb yeah true
3: well isn't Taleb just repackaged uh ancient wisdom but
0: oh all, all, oh all, all wisdom is repackaged ancient wisdom that's true there that's is nothing
1: new under the sun. Can we get jake and taleb into a twitter fight
0: <laughs> i will lose I'm
1: yes like, and then you'll get i lost. think you
0: win by not engaging
3: that's right, that's right. I, I will build him a golden bridge of retreat <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right so then i'll just real quick we'll run through like so there's a bunch of stories in here about different um you know army battles because he's a big historian uh for of of warfare and there's a lot of good Know civil war stories, and but then he's also somewhat interested in business. I think he was actually on the board of uh Deutsche Bank for a while after he was in out of the army. Um, so anyway, there's a bunch of different stories in there, and um, but he has some like solutions that will theoretically help with all of you know that four step process. Um, so I'll just run through these really quick, uh, just for fun. And um, so solution number one is Doing an assumptions check, and so like just going through everything that you like. What assumptions are you making implicitly that uh, you know you might be blind to that uh, could be messing you up? Uh, solution number two is a risk review, and this is sort of like an initial quick pre-mortem of of what could go wrong. Uh, solution number three is a risk alignment check, which is uh, think about it like an X Y graph of of probability of something happening and the consequence of what if it does happen. You know, it's kind of a standard insurance thing, uh, if you think through it. Solution number four is a gap analysis. So where would the problems arise based on our current um, you know, our current posture and readiness if some of these things were to happen. Uh solution number five is a, a snap assessment. So a lot of times there's a, a quick immediate feedback that can happen in a rapidly developing crisis that will short circuit it and like stop it from spiraling even further out of control. Solution number six is a communications check. So a lot of times the coordination within the organization, if the communications aren't up and running and good enough, then you're you know you you can't respond effectively. Solution number seven table talk tabletop exercise, which is you know basically you know theoretical exploring you know playing the game Risk basically you know. Uh, the equivalent of that to to a warfare um, and, and assigning responsibilities and accountability within that solution number eight is a war game which is more of like an actual dry run of your response to to and execute against uh, a particular risk um, solution nine red teaming so this is like you know devil's advocate uh, exploring weaknesses in your system before you're actually in the fight solution 10 is a pre-mortem so after you've gone through all this stuff now think through about all the different ways that things can go wrong um, and then solution 11 is what they call an after action review and he talks about like this it's not quite in the military they have this thing i guess called like a hot wash which is like after right after the battle what you you sit down and do an assessment of what just happened and like what can we learn from that really quickly the after action review is a lot deeper exploration and a careful assessment of all the all of these past events that that happen. so it's sort of like you know, it's a post mortem effectively. Um, so there's uh that's Stanley McChrystal's taking military combining it with uh with biology and writing a book about it.
0: How did he apply it at Deutsche Bank? Uh
3: I think what happened, like the biggest thing that it was helpful for him was that he was an outsider. And so he would ask a lot of stupid questions that that people might have been wondering themselves and like maybe even to go back to that segment that we did a while back about your that like illusion of knowledge where we think we understand something but then when we actually have to go like write it down it's like ah shit, maybe i don't really get this as much as i thought um so having that outside perspective and that uh, and willingness to ask stupid questions uh i think was was very helpful within his role there
0: was he on the board yeah is he still on the board
3: I don't. I get the sense that he's not on the board anymore. I don't know that for sure.
0: Does Deutsch survive this? um...
3: I don't know. Those. I mean, the. I'm pretty sure the liability side of the balance sheet are are pretty good. Yeah, I (laughs) I don't know about the assets. Like, you really have to understand the person and the team and the organization running it to get comfortable with that. And I don't know enough to to make that assessment.
0: That's interesting. Do you think it's useful for? Does it it apply outside of?
3: I think it's a lot of the general things that we've talked about in the investment process, you know, pre-mortems, red team, um, risk assessments of, you know, just trying to imagine all the things that could go wrong before you get in there, minding the downside, uh, after after an investment going through and doing a post-mortem, see what you can learn, close feedback loops, all that same stuff is all, all kind of exists in, uh, in ways that we've talked about previously. So there's probably nothing really new. It's just, I think it's always kind of nice to to get a different application of existing ideas and so that you sort of think about them again and maybe in a little bit slightly different context, like and add just a little nuance to your thinking along the way. I think that's that's probably where real deep knowledge comes from is getting that initial version of it and understanding it. But the nuance doesn't happen until you've thought about it in like a hundred different permutations of that same idea.
0: makes sense do you guys want to give us some questions throw the questions in and we'll we'll take a swing at them
2: swing
3: and a miss
1: how do you feel about geico jake
0: uh
3: you know it's there's definitely some things to keep an eye on like if you looked at my notes it would say a little hashtag and that says monitor uh keep an eye on it uh you know it's not good to i think I think they've downplayed the, uh, what is it? Snapshot, uh, telematics basically. Uh, and the, like their slowness to getting the telematics, but I, I, I kind of always thought that telematics made a ton of sense and that, you know, if you're trying to underwrite risk, that data feed coming in, it seems like actually a pretty strong one. And, um, but, you know, I could see why that, like, if your job is to price risk correctly, and other people have that data feed and you don't, and you're using other, to me, like slightly uh, less first principle. Like, so, you know, they're using your age, your previous driving history, uh, where you live, like all that stuff matters, but boy, like, you know, the accelerometer in your car, and if you're hot rodding around and it shows that like, well, shit, like you're probably more likely to get into accidents. That's just like, kind of makes sense to me. So anyway, I felt like they were a little bit slow and like Buffett was a little blase about it i always i felt like i don't know what do you think
1: i would say if i had a, a color where yellow is like nervous and red is stop it'd be close to orange right now mm.
3: for geico specifically
1: yeah and i'd be lying if i didn't say that it worried me a little bit for what else is under the hood it's been a little bit of a weird
0: time though with car prices went- car prices went bananas then inflation's gone bananas on the other side for all of the inputs yeah all of that stuff hurts they had a good period too through when nobody was driving through COVID, and now uh, you know there's additional costs in there so I think some of the comps might be a little bit messed up
1: yeah it's just progressive is much better than they are right now and that's uh
2: frustrating
3: still I think it's still a pretty great business and I think they'll it'll be just fine. It's just, uh, well, I, you know, I don't want to come at the, the goats, but I, I do wonder a little bit, like who's the CEO of Geico right now?
1: Yeah, it's Todd, right?
3: Does he have anything else on his plate or, uh, or, you know, I, any business of that size probably benefits from having a lay down in the aisle maniac type of, uh, you know, leadership. Like a sam Walton would be doing uh and that you know i mean if you're in a in a in a war with another company, you know all these other companies like you it's kind of helpful to have your general not also running a bunch of other stuff right <laughs> like so I don't know like i i I wonder a little bit like I'm sure if anybody's capable of of doing that it's it's Todd, but um that's a tough bill to. Be a full-time investor and like you have to be lou simpson and also a terrific operator that's that's a pretty hard tall order
0: totally different skill sets to be fair because one is like you want you want your operators to be operators and all over it all the time and your investors you want them sort of above the fray a little bit
3: i'm sure there's things that he learns from that 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 help in the portfolio i mean i do believe buffett's idea of uh you know you're a better businessman and a better investor but and vice versa but just bandwidth wise I mean yes yeah. it's, it's got to be tough
0: you, you like you, you're a marketing guys as, as much as you're an operations guy when you see uh, like there's a whole lot of things you can be doing
1: with your time
3: how do you read 500 pages a day and also nurture a culture
1: I think it's a week I don't think it's a day I think it's a week but yes
0: 500 pages
1: yeah I don't think they I don't think you ever said a day
0: 500 pages a week
1: yeah a like week.
0: 50 pages a day
1: I don't think he ever said 500 pages a
0: day
3: that's like a book a week I think that's pretty doable for yeah. a lot of people
0: uh let me let me hit you with a couple of questions we got
1: some uh maybe he told it. I don't know maybe he said a day I guess he said a day I
0: thought this was a pretty interesting one thoughts on royalty companies for resource exposure um yeah no exposure to operations inflation what you are but you're indirectly exposed to it embedded yeah what do but it's a good idea like they they have they have traditionally they've outperformed if you look at um just escaping me at the moment the there's a the gold the very long-term gold one uh no i can't do it and then there's texas specific land tpl for uh for energy and a few others out like that i looked at tpl didn't pull the trigger get to regret
1: it all the time yeah that was better when it was uh not a c corp
2: once they did that C Corp conversion, it ripped.
1: Uh, how,
0: how do you feel about China at the
1: moment? I mean, TPL is an insane valuation here. I'm sure somebody would be like, but look at the ROIC. I mean, you're paying $19.9 billion for 400 million of cash flow.
0: The ROIC okay. is irrelevant because they, they, they can't reinvest. They just get a, yeah. a lease on the land. I mean, they, they own the land and they get royalties on the land. Yeah. So. China.
3: I don't know that's a tough one there's a lot happening there that i don't feel like i have any special insight into
0: i think that i've looked at the resource companies it's just there's a i spoke to there's an australian young australian bloke in canada who's running it he started a resource it's a listed company it just escapes me for the moment i looked at a few of them at the time they're, it's a much better business than a mining business for the obvious reasons that this they're not they're not heavy they don't they don't have to have all of the reinvestment they don't have all the speculation they don't have, they miss all that stuff that long-term charts are fantastic you just got to get them when they're cheap
1: yeah i mean i'm just doing some math on tpl so you're trading at 51 times cash flow and the theory was that you could buy in shares okay you don't get you to want- buy in that many shares when you're trading at that time that that multiple
3: yeah do you even want them buying in shares at a two percent yield
1: no i don't think so now somebody probably can justify why it's going on but uh you're talking software at that you that multiple a, you gotta have a
3: pretty long timeline for that to feel like it makes a lot of sense right
1: yeah we're a pretty crazy inflation projection
0: cranking nevada thank you thomas that was the one i was after there you go wheaton as well yeah okay oh yeah silver. there was Misabi
1: trust right that was part of cleveland cliffs they had the iron Ore uh royalties or whatever.
2: There's it can work. Uh,
1: China, if China really goes into yeah, recession, China. I don't know what that does to to commodities in general. Though that's doesn't seem bullish to this guy. But what do I know? How about China as an investment destination? It's not More for or, my or less money.
0: investable than last time we talked about it.
1: Never investable. That's my answer. Just <laughs> never was. I mean, it can be for some people. I'm just not going to lose money there.
0: It's one of those things where if it is investable and there's some good arguments that it might be, then you're getting all of these incredibly good companies incredibly cheaply. And somebody is going to start a fund and hoover up all of those companies and look like a genius in 10 years' time or quietly shut it down and never talk about it again. That's how I feel about it. I have no idea yeah. it's 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 completely unpredictable but someone has predicted it one way or the other yeah <laughs> Some to flip enough coins right. someone's bound to get a lot of heads Spencer Cole yeah it was thanks thanks that was uh, he's the young young bloke running the royalty company in Canada
3: yeah the hive mind knows everything
0: they
1: do it's amazing yeah
3: I don't know why they listen to us we just grow up coordinate around.
1: the high mind coordinate <laughs> yeah. we the lost high mind. a listener after the last episode I uh... I offended somebody to the point he told me to find God so uh you know I'm sorry I, I you know to anyone that has a problem with me cutting the lines I'll tell you it didn't feel great but I'd probably do it again for the first time <laughs> it, <laughs> it was way. fun I don't know he was very mad at me it's a shame now we're down to nine Maybe Charlie, can we get Charlie the link? I think he dropped off for a minute. He churned.
2: We got to re-get him in. He's he's okay. in there. I don't really understand this question, but I, I've, I've
0: I've seen it, Let's go for one it. it. Ask asked it twice, it anyway. <laughs> so I'm going to throw it out there. Is there a difference between funds down 50% concentrating in stuff like Kavana Peloton, versus funds down 50% concentrating in companies like Nike, Restoration Hardware, and Sherwin Williams? concentration bad is the new mantra but concentration is bad at the bottom of every bust and concentration is good at the top of every boom yeah I've gone through enough cycles now to, to tell you that that's the way that it works you get smoked by concentration on the downside and it makes you look like a genius on the upside
3: you know I think one thing that people should probably be keep in mind is that it looks very irrational for you as an outside investor that why would this guy have 60% of his portfolio in speculative company xyz and as an lp in that you it it feels incredibly irrational however in a and it has to do with the fact that you are playing the game in a one turn kind of way that other person who's running it he might be playing the game where there's multiple rounds to this game and so what i mean by that is that he could BK that fund and maybe go start another one in a few years. And if it works out, great. Like he's a genius. He's gonna have all the money in the world that he ever wanted to manage. He's gonna be incredibly wealthy. But if it doesn't work out, okay. Well, I'm start again. Shit can it. I'll start over and I'll take another shot at it. And so you have to. I think you have to recognize that sometimes you're playing different games with, uh, and you have different rounds that you're facing compared to the the LP and the GP
1: somebody might have told the person that's big in carvana to go out and find carvana right so i don't know what their mandate is i don't know what the discussions are behind the scenes that's the other thing there are there are lps who have 10
0: gps or 10 funds and they want concentration from each one they don't want diversification in those funds but right i don't think that's a good idea for for individual investors or for people running. i think everyone just
3: needs to be cognizant of which side of that dynamic are they on and is that where they want to be
1: i mean look to answer the question as i think it was asked i, I my visceral reaction is that there's a higher probability of the person that's down in quality coming back from it than there is the pr- person that is down in 10 speculative were what i perceived to be speculative stocks however i know enough to know i don't know anything so it's very possible that all these stocks that sold off come back a rip out of this and I'm not dancing on everybody's grave because I don't know what the hell is going to happen next just like I didn't know what was going to happen at the top I think the forward returns for stuff down 90 is better than it was so you got that going for you to
0: be fair that's not entirely true for all of them because stuff that's
1: down 90 can go all the way
0: down to zero so you can lose 100 percent from here
1: and you lose employees I mean that stuff matters like your share price does matter in people-based businesses so I don't know I don't own it I don't own Nike I there is also a hard enough time doing what I think I know there are people who hold positions and just don't sell them and so they they could have started out as a
0: three percent position 20 bagged into a 60 percent. not really but it could have been you know it could have grown into a very big position
2: yeah that's right
0: and if you just don't want to take the capital gains then you just sit in it until you know everything else comes back and until it until you back. don't what? have any
3: capital gains anymore that's <laughs> right <laughs> problem you know, solved
0: to be fair that was sort of buffeting in coke right he knew it was up he knew it was expensive but he wasn't going to sell it he was just like oh that's just yeah but there's just, also
3: uh, a return of capital that's happening every single quarter there for him that was that's not happening in a lot of these other ones
0: and he did do the big gen re deal which diluted him down in that one too true
1: uh yeah we'll see what apple is i don't know apple if i was going to short big tech apple would be the one i'd pick now
3: what is that based on just the fact that it hasn't
1: it's the last to get or... shot yeah i mean there's going to be headwinds that come for that business if i had to go long one of them would be meta
0: i've had this um theory for a while that in in one sense tesla kind of is the market because it's it's so it occupies so much mind space and it's it's taken a lot of investment and there are a lot it's, it's it's front and center and part of that is this um people who are in it in the stock and in the cars love the cars and love the stock and think Musk is a genius do you think that this Twitter acquisition and there's definitely a sea change in sentiment towards Musk do you think that he risks
1: Tesla um having that premium built into it not only do i think it i asked this uh when we were at a table at berkshire i asked this exact question the greatest way to get people to hate you is to own a social media platform yeah it's proven no one likes somebody that runs who likes somebody that runs a social media platform maybe evan spiegel but well i like tom Tom is my friend (laughs) who's tom my best friend
2: yeah oh there you go my
1: friends
3: waiting into first amendment battles is seems like a really
1: Free speech shit. Oh, also,
0: then talking about so politics hard. too. Like, I, I would have, if he, if I had been him and I had got control of that thing, I'd have stopped talking politics
1: immediately. But he's been like, go vote Republican. You know I'll tell you what I'm here too? for. I'm here for Jack pushing back on Musk about who is or to whom is the statement accurate. Like, this is great. This is I know. all the popcorn. Just what was that one? Billionaires- to whom is the statement accurate? accurate? Musk said, I Twitter needs to be the source of the most accurate information. Of truth, yeah, no accuracy. I think. And then yeah. Jack said to who? And then somebody came in and said, "I think you mean to whom?" And then Jack <laughs> said, "Whatever."
3: Yeah, That'd it, be nice it's, it's so funny to watch it, like billionaires, you know, cat fighting on. You know, what's really a shame though, is that Twitter's not publicly traded. Still, to to watch what the price would have done on Monday morning after this last weekend's worth of musk shenanigans would have been kind of fun to see it play out right
1: well he released some stat that says that engagement is higher than it's ever been now I don't know if that's a previously (laughs) disclosed stat or not but it's hard to know because they said that there'd been a whole lot of people
0: signing up but then I saw another third party that said there'd been a whole lot of accounts closed down so I got no idea engagement
3: through the roof but
1: revenues fewer accounts through the floor the price would be fucked. Here's Roku uh on the TV scatter market. So, you know, upfronts are what you booked, scatters what you're booking. Uh, current weakness in the overall ma- uh, in the overall TV market and the ad scatter market in particular. Paramount. Uh see uh what we're seeing is uh softness in the scatter market, Warner Brothers Discovery, uh, but the reality is the scatter market is pretty dry right now. Twitter would be screwed. In this environment,
3: would be or is?
1: I mean, is, but it's <laughs> private. <laughs> okay. So, I think it'd be it would be trading
3: down. What What would you What do you think is a fair price for Twitter as a property?
1: Oh, well, dude, I don't know. It's I like it four billion, right? But- I've liked it before, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend that uh I don't see the potential. But no, in today's market, yeah, with the debt load, yeah, five ish. I think it's an
0: interesting it's an interesting <laughs> test because That's a big haircut from it could be re- in some re-
3: recent purchase value
0: <laughs> it's an interesting test for Twitter because I don't think Twitter is I I don't think personally I don't think Twitter goes away I don't think any of the you know there are like the there are the libertarian equivalents of Twitter and now there are there's like Mastodon and there's some other stuff on the on the left and there are some truth social and other things out there for the right wingers. like everybody's What's, now going to get Mastodon into left, silent. is that what that is I don't know, but I've seen some of the accounts that I follow that I have more left, suggesting people go to Mastodon. Okay. So, I, so that's that's sort of I I don't really know. I'm I'm for me it's Twitter. Twitter is the one, but it's a it's an interesting test, right? So we go through, we're going to find out if it really can hold people. Like all people will leak out to these other ones.
3: It's invincible then, right? At well, well we're going to find test. out,
0: yeah. And then I don't think it. I, I personally don't think it goes away whether Musk can hold onto it with all of that debt on it that's a different question but there's one possibility where he just folds it and it gets you know Silver Lake or somebody takes it yeah, over
3: PE comes in and
0: they rationalize it and then they just flip it back onto the market and that's that's an interesting kind of I probably Bill
3: Gates comes in and buys it that I saw that one as a is that possible <laughs> I don't know I
1: think I think uh if you're the bank you try to let Musk do what he can do with it yeah. I don't know who you're going to get as a better person in control, right? I mean,
3: that's a good point. This is that you know, if you you owe a million dollars, you have a problem, but if you owe a billion dollars, then the bank's got a problem.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's right.
0: But they,
3: if because they say, like the other thing is, what driver. if he
1: leaves the platform? Now he's got to advertise on Tesla a lot more. But like he drives a lot of engagement, so he's got some power in the negotiations. I think. I Sorry, Toby. I didn't mean to cut you off.
0: Oh, that's I. I didn't have anything to say. <laughs> I don't think I can't remember. It was fleeting. That's time, fellas. Peace. Well done. We made it luck
1: out there. Good shortage.